Are you ready? Power. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm building an alliance. God bless the internet. Okay, let's party. It's showtime. It's time for the Alliance Guys Podcast, with your hosts Kevin Frazier, Jaden, DKM, and Jay Cal. Wait, where am I? Just me. It's I just have, you. I have uh, annexed the Alliance Guys Podcast from Jay Cal. Oh, he's back. Hey, Jay. <laughs> I was sitting here and I'm like, wait, where am I? I don't see myself. <laughs> I I've never once claimed to be a professional podcaster i i just i just haven't said it i don't think i am uh and at this rate i never will <laughs> what is up my friend how are you i'm swell but the swelling's gone down how are you uh yeah uh similar uh this is the alliance guys podcast i'm jay cal this is another alliance another alliance guy right here nwa gold and we're here to talk National Wrestling Alliance with you, that hashtag NWA fam. We'll be joined later by our pal DKM as we get into uh, the road to Always Ready. We're going to discuss the, of course, the uh, the uh, matches that happened on NWA USA. We'll discuss the matches that happened on Power. Uh, mostly, we'll be focusing on the preview for the pay per view, Always Ready. But there's a few other things to talk about, too. And I, that's why I'm very happy to have Tim on here, because Tim so famously decreed about six months ago that, hey, J. Cal, I'd like to do something nice for your audience. And I said, well, sure, Tim, what would you like to do? And uh, Tim said, well, hey, once you hit a thousand, why don't we give away one of my replica title belts? Which floored me absolutely, because I had no idea. I had no idea that that would be uh, something you'd be willing to do. I, I know these things aren't cheap. I, I, you know, I don't have a whole lot of replica titles myself, but I know that they're not 
something they just hand you for showing up to work on time. Uh, you know, they're, they're expensive. And I know that you have, uh, you know, you so graciously gave me this one right here, the uh, NWA British Commonwealth Championship, a title that I have the utmost affinity for. And, uh, you know, you, you made that, uh, that gift for uh, our viewers. And I, first of all, I want to say thank you for that. And uh, what made you decide to do that, Tim? <laughs> I think you've been doing this for 12 years and you like this channel is the channel that is doing content creation for the NWA. Yes. Uh, outside of the NWA. Um, you know, part of the reason from the get go that NWA gold had any traction whatsoever was because of, of you and the Alliance uh, and the, you know, the, the NWA family. And I just kind of felt like giving back. So it ended up being one of these two that we're, we're giving away tonight. Are you are you feeling a little sad that one of them is gonna go away? Well, if it's if it's a ten pounds of gold, that like I got a Reggie Parks one right here, so I'm totally okay with that. If if it's the crown one, I mean no problem. I'll probably end up getting another one down the line. But um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy to to support you know what what you're doing here and and kind of give back to all the good people who are you know tuning in. Well, and we do appreciate that. Uh, I, I personally, I appreciate that. And uh, you know, as we've been working since September to try to get that traffic here. Uh, remember, it was the <laughs> huge deluge of followers that kind of really prompted that from posting lucha libre matches from Tijuana, Mexico. So uh, I, I kind of feel like we, we, uh, the viewers here deserve to have, uh, you know, a lot more content. We've been putting up uh, daily content since. Uh, Gosh, I want to say since uh, the end of March. So every every day there's been a short that's been up on the channel. We do three hours of live programming here on YouTube and on Twitch.tv. And, uh, you know, again, if no one was watching this, we wouldn't be doing it. You guys are checking it out each and every week. That makes it important. So uh, first first and foremost, thank you to you guys who are watching right now. I see, uh, I see a few new faces here. And, uh, you know, that's okay. That's okay. If you're here just to win the belt, that's cool too. But stick around, get comfortable, enjoy the show because we do talk NWA. And if you're a fan of the National Wrestling Alliance, this is the place you want to be. But we did do the drawing earlier today. And, you know, uh, <laughs> somebody said to me, well, why don't you just give it to, to one of your faithful followers? Someone who's always in the chat. And I said, you know, can't do that. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't know who this person is who won the contest. Um, he was uh, early on the subscriber list. Uh, Jonathan Goodwin. I don't see him in the chat right now, but uh, Jonathan Goodwin. I, uh, how do we even get that to him? <laughs> he doesn't respond. <laughs> what I mean, he's your father, man. You got to hit him up somehow through there, and you know, give I get him time to pick that up. But uh, you know, I, I'm going to subscribe to Jonathan Goodwin's channel now. Maybe that'll open up his eyes or something because he's not here in the uh, live chat right now but Jonathan either um actually any belt I've ever given away for my site I don't believe I ever knew anybody who won either uh but uh hey there's there's lots more stuff that are lying around this room that I'm dying to give away so we'll we'll figure that out between you and I that would be amazing I you know I do want to do some more giveaway stuff coming up in the future we have some 
uh, more Alliance, uh, the Alliance guys, Alliance block merchandise coming soon. So uh, I hope you guys stick around. Uh, of course, uh, you know, we're not trying to bribe you guys to watch the show, but uh, we certainly do appreciate you guys being here. want to make sure you feel appreciated being here. Um, so, yeah, Jonathan Goodwin, uh, you are now a new owner of the championship title. And uh, we'll let you know which one that is as soon as we know which one that is. <laughs> Sean Vegas says my real name is Jonathan Goodwin. <laughs> well, congratulations, Sean Mega, a.k.a. Jonathan Goodwin. <laughs> uh, we have fun, guys, here. We have fun. Uh, hey, uh, Jaden is with us. I'm surprised you were able to make it, Jaden. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much. I, I wanted to try to catch you on time. I had a, something that unfortunately slowed me down, but I heard we have a new owner of a new championship belt. Yes, Jonathan Goodwin. Have you oh, that's actually it? my real name. Oh, cool. I won. Kayfabe that, okay? Sure. Sean Vegas says, is he even alive? I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, I look, full disclosure. Um, I did have a friend who was following this channel who passed away uh, two years ago. So I made sure to remove his name from the channel. Um, he wasn't a part of the stream. Our pal DKM wasn't part of the stream. Uh, you know, Jaden wasn't part of the stream. You know, uh, anybody who has been on this podcast was not eligible, including Jeremiah Plunkett. Uh, you know, no one was eligible who uh, has been been a part of this podcast but um you know there's a, a lot of legitimate you know my friends and family who supported me their names were on there and i just yanked them right off so uh you guys all had a pretty good chance and, and jonathan goodwin is the winner and dk's eating a hoagie is that a hoagie looks more like a panini no it's a hoagie is a hoagie yeah it's got pepperoni and salami and Turkey in a camp, I think. <laughs> so uh, Chris Drummond says uh, we could send him his belts. Uh, you know, the first the first thing that actually won was a professional wrestler, and that's why we did a second drumming because we can't send a belt to someone who already wrestles for belts. Uh, that wouldn't be appropriate. Jay's your your mic's going all mono on you. Is it? Yeah. Let me see what I can come up with. I'm going to step away for a second. You guys talk some wrestling. No. You know, it's actually not fair. You know, this wrestler could have started his own promotion and made himself champion with that belt. It's true. That would have been fun. Oh, that never happens. That's uh, true. <laughs> I don't know right. what you're thinking. Like, like, people do stuff like that. I know. It's kind of like the uh, – it never happens in real wrestling, but there's, there's always the stories of, like uh, – Promoters booking the big names so they could wrestle them and then hang out with them afterwards at a pool party. Yep. But luckily, that never happens in wrestling. Nah, that never happens. Or there's also stories of somebody with a lot of money ended up basically um, creating his own wrestling promotion that's based a lot on the toys that he would like to play with. He would get all his toys and, and have matches together. And now he kind of does it on TNT. But again, you know, those things don't happen in real life. No, that's Tony Khan. He has nothing to do with the real life. <laughs> so how are you guys doing? Doing well. How about you? 
I haven't killed anybody recently, so I guess it's a good start, right? Yeah, well, day's not over yet. True. Yeah, it's still got quite a few hours. Did you guys watch uh, USA or Power this week? Luckily, no. I, I heard they existed. I perused them. Does that count? I guess we'll get into it fairly quickly when Jay decides to make an appearance, but USA was probably the worst episode I've seen yet. I, I wrote a note that I would call this show pointless after dark. Like it was literally garbage from top to finish. Well, I don't know if any of our people out there have picked up on this, but typically the shows right before the pay-per-view when they run out of everything and all they're doing is putting together matches from here and there and somewhere else typically suck. Yeah. So, so I, I've never just paid a whole lot of attention to it. There was nothing in USA that as it was on in the background as I was, you know, folding laundry made me think I need to stop folding laundry and pay attention to this. And I hate folding laundry. <laughs> so Jay, on the other hand, I'm sure he watched it and was excited and loved the entire thing. Every single damn minute of it. So Jay thought it sucked too. And I didn't watch it and I probably would think it sucked. I don't know. I'm just hoping Ray Jazz uh, whoops on a ham sandwich jabroni this coming Friday, I think it is. And uh, maybe he's the next in line to be NWA champion. It'd be nice to see somebody. Actually, late breaking news. Nick Aldis will not be uh, in New York. Um, he is still filming things for the TV show Heels. I'm not sure what role or what capacity he will be in. He is sending uh, his uh, former protege, Thomas Latimer, in his place. So the matchup that will be taking place will not be Nick Aldis versus Ray Jazz, but Nick, uh, but Ray Jazz versus Tom Latimer. Oh, good. Maybe he'll... You Maybe that's why he sent him against Ray Jazz. Maybe he's hoping Jazz gets rid of him. Do you expect me to tell you how the NWA operates? Because I'm going to tell you right now, that is a riddle that none of us are ready for. You know, this might turn into a bright spot, though. Think about it. What favorite wrestler of some of us that's on this podcast right now is also doing some work on the uh, Heels broadcast? Uh, Maybe. A former Mr. That? Minute. Former Mr. Mid-Atlantic Badass? I think he's still a badass, and I, I know he's not currently living in the Mid-Atlantic, but you know, do you have to live there to still be the Mid-Atlantic Badass? You don't have to live in Japan <laughs> if you're Japanese. I mean, that's a good point. Good point. Um, so we are kind of getting off the rails here uh, because I know we do need to uh, – we, we, uh, we have a lot of content to cover tonight, and uh, – the least of which is uh, we're going to be spending some time talking about the pay-per-view always ready, which whether or not uh, Matt Cardona will be ready uh, still remains to be seen. I mean, pictures of him today have his arm in a sling. I'm not sure how confident I am in his ability to uh, get to always ready to compete and always ready. And that sandwich looks so good to Cam. I'm kind of pissed at you for not bringing one for everyone. Hey, all you got to do is come to my place. Good. Fair enough. Um, okay, so let's, first and foremost, or secondly, I guess we should say, let's talk about the fact that our women's world's heavy, 
women's world heavyweight. Let's try that again. Our women's world champion, the holder of the Burke, Miss Camille the Brickhouse. Uh, I guess Miss Latimer now, right? She has held that NWA Women's Championship for 366 uh, days, 67 days, 367, yeah. So over a year, guys, over a year that Camille's held that championship. And the road to get to the Burke involved the, defeating Thunder Rosa uh, once and then uh, holding off and not losing to Thunder Rosa a second match and then defeating uh, Serena Deep, of all people, uh, at when our shadows fall. So to say that Camille's meteoric rise in the NWA, I mean, you got to remember when she showed up on the scene, she was nothing more than Nick Aldis's insurance policy. She wasn't an active professional wrestler. And remember the hype that they gave Camille as she uh, appeared on Power. Her first match was uh, set to debut as part of the um, that uh, the lost episode of the uh, NWA Superpower. That also had the debut of Jack Stain on that show. And uh, it was it was supposed to be that was supposed to be the start of her uh, her rise in the National Wrestling Alliance. Of course, that got derailed because of the pandemic. Things slowed down, but she came in a house on fire again, going through some of the best competition that the NWA could offer her, beating Thunder Rosa, winning the title from Serena Deep, and then defending that title fourteen times successfully in a one year span. First, I'm going to ask you, Jaden, because I know you know you're very familiar with female wrestling, women wrestling. Uh, Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators even had the NWA Women's World Championship on a show. Tell me about the significance of the Burke, and tell me about uh, the, what uh, Camille did and how significant that is. Well, to make a quick correction, uh, first of all, Doug doesn't run shows, they run events. Correct. Second, and we did not have the women's championship. That she was scheduled, but it unfortunately did not happen. Oh but my bad! They were partially helped. Uh, NWA Coastal have a couple women's championship matches, and that's where I got to see that belt that DK now owns. That's about as much metal as a, in a current battleship. <laughs> the fifteen I'm pounds. About of I'm thinking about yeah, donating what, to your crane. What I call it, uh, 49 and one hand, one and a half pounds of leather and gold. I don't yeah. know. You raise it every time. I know. <laughs> but, um, you know, women's wrestling is a very important part of professional wrestling. It was used to be an attraction, but I'd say in modern wrestling, and I hate to use that term, it's very important. And we may get to the point where the women's championship is just as prestigious as the man championship. Hell, it's been defended what? 10 more times than the NWA <laughs> title has this year, or like since Camille has won it. Um, I, what I would like to see is more top quality challengers. I'm not taking away from Camille and the women she's wrestled, but I would really love to see that a much bigger highlight now, since it's the one championship that doesn't seem to give anybody any kind of problems. Maybe against Mickey James, maybe against the top wrestlers from Impact. Maybe somebody knocks down that stupid ass forbidden door and she starts whooping on Thunder Rosa again. Maybe unify. But either way, um, I'm a big fan of Camille. I didn't start off that way, but she's won me over. And I can't wait to see the heights that the NWA brings to the Women's Championship because right now it's the only highlight, I think, of the NWA. 
Uh, Tim, what are your thoughts on the championship and uh, on the Burke and Camille? Uh, well, with Camille, I 100% agree with uh, Jaden. Um, it's the she is the the athlete that they have done the most right by. They have presented in the way that she needs to be presented in. They've done it right to take a by taking the title and linking it back to its origins. Uh, I love that belt. I think I think that belt looks really cool. I know it's kind of polarizing. It's a bit hit and miss for some people, but physically, I think it looks great. Uh, you know, she's done an amazing job of presenting it as a piece of tradition. She's done an, they've done an amazing job with her being dominant. And the thing with Camille is that when she started off, uh, especially right when she was coming out of being all this is bodyguard, she was so stiff. And, and so very, very green. And you can still see, you know, the green in her a little, but she is so much more confident now when she walks out. And it's just, it's a matter of time for her character before they just turn her face. Like everybody, you look at the at the fans when she comes out right now, she, you know, she's standing in the rampway to giving you this and everybody's cheering, everybody's cheering. Uh just uh, while you guys were talking, I did do the research, and uh, the combined reigns between Aldis, Murdoch, and Cardona equal about 12 title defenses in the same period as Camille's 14. One wrestler versus three different title reigns. And, I mean, we're talking about when Aldis is defending uh, outside of the NWA, Cardona outside of the NWA, even Trevor Murdoch's uh, one title defense outside of the NWA. Um, not a whole lot to brag about, to be quite honest with you. And it just even more showing. We said it when Thunder Rosa was woman's champion that uh, she was out working the world's heavyweight champion. And uh, that trend continued with, uh, with Camille. DK, is there anything else you would like to add on that piece of information? No, mommy. I'm happy with Camille's champion. She can continue to go. I agree with Jaden. I'd like to see some uh, maybe top quality indie or not currently signed to the big two uh, out there. Of course, the guy at the upcoming pay-per-view, uh, Tag Valkyrie. So I'd love to see those two actually run. Mitch, well, excuse me, I choked to death. Uh, actually, excuse me. Actually, mix it up. I know they've met once with a uh, kind of a non-ending, and so, but I didn't get to see that. So I want to see it. I want to see those two mix it up. So I'm looking forward to that. Is Don't there a list out time. there? Huh? Is there a list out there the potential challengers that I that we believe would make? Great challengers for the Burke. I mean, there's like not, you really want to see. There's not a formal a list, but I mean, I think at least we could all name at least one female competitor wrestling today that would make an excellent challenger. And I bet you we all have a different idea. DKM's at Ty Valkyrie. Jaden, you throw out your one name. Uh, well, if, if Casey was still wrestling, she's taking some time off, and I'm not sure if she's going to wrestle again. I would have loved to have seen Casey Carlisle, uh, but. Um, geez, there's a couple that I would really like, but I think I wish I could say Mercedes Martinez, but unfortunately she's locked up in, in a toy box right now. 
Um, hmm. How about, well, Mickey James. I'll just go right there. Mickey James. That works. Tim, who well, you got? I would have said Mickey James. I, I would, if we if you could sit down with her and talk about the locker room politics and say this is what it's going to look like as you go up against Camille, I'd say Tessa Blanchard. You could get her to come in. That's a that she is very nuclear when it comes to professional wrestling. But in terms of box office, mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a woman out there that might get more attention that you have access to. Like, yeah. I don't believe that they can get Thunder Rosa and and Luthez says Jade Cargill. I don't think it would be Jade Cargill. Um, Willie Bowen says Jordan Grace. Uh, she might be a little bit more uh, easier to get, but you're not going to get like. Charlotte Flair, you're not going to get, you know, Becky Lynch, you're not going to get Sasha Banks, uh, you're not going to get those likes. But uh, I I mean, with Mickey James, it's definitely a possibility. Uh, Jordan Grace is a possibility because that working relationship that Impact has with the NWA. And the the person I was thinking of is the one that literally called out uh, our women's world champion, and that would be Tasha Steeles. Remember, Tasha Steeles, who is your Impact Knockouts champion, uh, she had a cup of tea with the NWA. She spent some time with the National Wrestling Alliance. She never had an opportunity to wrestle for the Women's World Championship, but she was definitely in pursuit. Actually, no, I take that back. She did wrestle Thunder Rosa for the Women's World title um, and came up short. So uh, she would actually, to me, would be probably uh, a good person to to put in that position. Uh, the weird thing, though, is when you do title uh, champion versus champion, uh People usually want title versus title, and that's kind of hard to do when you have two separate wrestling promotions promoting the same style of wrestling. Yeah, we you kind know, of know what the ending's going to be. But I to go up, with... Go ahead, DK, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I pulled up the Impact uh, Women's roster. And, of course, some of these names I don't know, and some of these names I, even knowing them, I wouldn't necessarily want to see as a challenger. Of course, she's already beaten Chelsea Green a couple times. I don't need uh, to see Chelsea Green wrestle for the title ever again. Like, I've, well, I've not, seen it enough. not Camille. Uh, Deanna Praza, of course. I like Deanna. Uh, Havoc would be interesting, but it might be a Styles clash. Who? Who was that? Havoc. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Uh, Jordan Grace, as was brought up. Uh, Lady Frost, who was also in the NWA, and they didn't know how to use her right. What a waste. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a great one. Yep. Uh, Mia Yim, somebody. Mickey James. Rosemary. Tasha Steeles. Taya Valkyrie. Tennille Dashwood. Uh, any of them, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing in a title defense. So to go back with real quick the the um, Tessa Blanchard, it's not like the NWA has shied away from controversial figures that are kind of broken toys that nobody else wants to deal with. So why not? Yeah. I you know it it, it uh, it's such a uh, it's such a weird dynamic, right? Because if you're the NWA, your job is to get the matches that are going to get people talking about the brand and, and ass and seats, right? Like, that's that's it. You want the wrestler who's going to draw and people are going to talk about. 
That's what they were hoping for Matt Cardona. Tessa Blanchard has really destroyed a lot of relationships she's had in other wrestling promotions and is so considered toxic that she won't fit in anywhere else. It is almost like a perfect fit, but it's also like, you know, there's a certain uh, certain core audience who's going to be very welcoming to that. And there is a certain part of the audience that would be like, no, we don't want her here. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. For those of you who aren't in on the joke, uh, for years, uh, Henry West, I, it's, I don't normally say that name out loud, has been a uh, very big proponent for women's wrestling and often accused me, Jay Cal, your pal, of hating women's wrestling. He accused no. me of being a misogynist. Now, to be fair, it may have something to do with the fact that you said you didn't like women's wrestling. No, had everything to do with that. There wasn't any good women wrestling in the NWA at the time. We had Tasha Simone, and that was about it. This was even pre. Uh, this was pre. Uh, um, Jaden, help me out. Uh, Casey. Uh, yes, thank you, Jesus. Uh, yeah, this was before uh, Casey was champion. This was like it was Tasha Simone, and it was like. Uh, you know, we had already passed through uh, Awesome Kong and Mischief, and uh, the women division just wasn't very good. It was Tasha Simone and 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 nothing else really. Yeah, Dodie you know, says, that, right? says you love Henry West like uh, like you love He Who Shall Not Be Named. <laughs> well, whatever you do, just don't say the name one more time because he's like the <laughs> Candyman. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's watching. If you're watching, Henry. How you doing? Uh, Willie Bowen says Tessa is poison. Um, Sean Mega says it's a different type of broken toy. Um, what would Luthez do says, hey, we have plenty of suggestions. And uh, Dave Scooby said, would like to see the NWA push a Mac, a push Max the Impaler. Size and strength, Angelina Love was a name in TNA, but in my opinion, she needs to work with the newer talent as either a manager or in ring. I think, and I know this is kind of going sideways, I think I would use Angelina Love the same way they used Melina and just allow her to work with some of the younger talent and help them kind of hone their skills. Uh, I thought Melina did a very fine job in the NWA for what she was. And honestly, a lot of her matches impressed me. But, uh, you know, I don't think they ever need to really be by the title. And with Max the Impaler, uh, yeah, that's something different that the NWA hasn't had a lot of. And I think uh, that person would fit in uh, the women's division in a very unique way. Very so uh, with that being said, let's talk about uh, the more uh, more of what's been going on this week. Of course, um, our world tag team champions right now are in the United Kingdom. I literally probably, uh, I, I'm assuming the match is over considering it is, uh, you know, what, 8.30 out on the East Coast. And it's like a, what, a four-hour time difference from the it's UK? six hours for me, so we five yeah. for me. So it's probably long been decided, but uh, our world tag team champions were in the United Kingdom for TNT Wrestling, defending those tag titles against uh, the North. And the exciting thing about that matchup is uh, that La Rebellion has to fly back to California, or excuse me, fly back to the United States uh, 
have to fly to Knoxville to wrestle on Saturday night for the pay-per-view. And that's that's not common these days in pro wrestling. It, very rarely do you see, uh, you know, a big, uh, not a big time, because that happens all the time with the WWE, but on these uh, smaller wrestling promotions, you don't really see uh, talent do the United Kingdom uh, one night and then two days later uh, end up in the United States for a show. It just, uh, it's just, it's a lot of travel. It's going to be interesting. Do you think that's going to have any impact on the uh, championship match? Tim, what do you think? No, I think it'll probably come off uh, uh, pretty good. I'm looking forward to that that match. I'm sure that they wouldn't have headed over there if uh, they didn't think they could pull off their date back, back here. Um, roving reporter for the Alliance blog, uh, our pal Fee, said that uh, they did, in fact, win the uh, win the match. So La Rebellion victorious in the U.K., which means that has an open road now for them to face the Commonwealth Connection uh, this is it Sunday or Saturday. It's the 11th, two days from now, Saturday. Saturday. They're uh, really- they'll, they'll be at always ready. DK, are you excited about that match? You think that the uh, La Rebellion will be ready to go? Oh, sure, but I think it's – it's almost funny to me because they're in England defending the title against yeah. Americans. Now they're coming to, you know, middle America to defend the title against a British and a Canadian guy. Well, no, in the UK, they were wrestling uh, two British guys that the North are, are, uh, are British. King, no. Kings of the North. Kings what? of the North, excuse me. Kings of the North. I've been saying that. Ah, okay. But it's still funny that they're coming here to wrestle another British guy. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, they're they're wrestling the Kings of the North, like um, John Snow and uh, uh, um, uh, what? I cannot Lannister. What was his name? Uh, Sean Bean's character. That's a wasted reference on me. I didn't see any of that show. Yeah. Well, if you ever watch it, stop at season five. Sounds sounds good. Um, and then the other bit of business I'd like to get to uh, before we go to the show is, uh, oh, we already did talk about Nick Aldis uh, not making his appearance uh, in New York on Friday night. I believe that was his matchup. So um, <laughs> scared, <coughs> scared. I'm sorry. I mean, you said it, brother. I'm look. Everyone calls me the Nick Aldis hater, so I try not to say too much negative about him. Uh, I do feel like he is a great athlete. I do feel like. He has been a great contributor to the success of the National Wrestling Alliance. Um, but this sun, uh, this Saturday at Always Ready, he is going to be uh, in a very unique position where he's challenging uh, for the 10 pounds of gold, a position we haven't seen Aldis in all that often in his, uh, his time with the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how all of that pans out, but we'll get more to that card momentarily. I think now would be a good time to talk about uh, – Quickly talk about the NWA USA and NWA Power. Um, this never is never uh, time to talk about that. Never, never. No. I mean, we, look, skip it? we can't skip it because that's what we do here: is we recap, we retcon, we review, we reconsider all things USA and Power. And uh, you know, we, there was some interesting moments on some of the shows. Uh, look. It, if you were looking for great programming on Saturday morning, uh, you were probably disappointed. As uh, as Tim mentioned to me off air, he said the biggest name on this show was Jeremiah Plunkett. 
And we all love Jeremiah Plunkett on this podcast, but he's not he's not the top draw. He he's a mid card guy. He's a great mid card guy, but he's not the main event. And it's kind of surprising how they they picked this show where the star of the show was the main event was um you know Jake Dumas who's been kind of having some success in the NWA and uh gags the gimp. So um yeah that that, that was a little weird to me. I'm a little uh, a little off-putting as well. Um but uh I do want to just uh again get through these matches cuz that's what we do here. We we talk about these shows. So let's talk about it. Uh first off we had um the opening to uh NWA USA kicked off with the self-professed magic bastard, which I think is a, a better nickname than uh than he had before. Jake Dumas is saying that he's has he's seen stuff. And that just sounded very weird to me. Hey, I've been around the corner and I've seen things. Okay, man. That's all right, cool. And he said something like he's known a gimp or two, which that's just a weird thing to say. Why are you even admitting that on television? <laughs> uh, what exactly are you telling us here, Jake? Uh, but he does conclude that he's an entertainer, um, and if if uh, if the gimp wants pain, then he knows how to entertain that. And that that way, this whole segment was weird to me. I don't I don't like gags the gimp. I don't uh, like that persona at all. Uh, you know, Tim. I know you watched. Any thoughts on this on the promo? Uh, he can talk. He's learning to talk. There's something there. He's there. It's like they left Dirty Dango out in the rain, uh, and I think there's something in that. And I, I wrote down at the time, this will suck in the main event. Like this is, <laughs> and this, you were not wrong. Yeah, this uh, I called this show pointless after dark. The the entire uh, yeah. Normally it's Jaden with the jokes, but uh, I'm glad you jumped in there and got yours when you can. Um, yeah, I just felt like this was a. Uh, I don't know, I, I don't know. Um, let's get to the matches. Uh, the the other match. I'm sorry, I'm kind of bouncing back and forth between screens here. Uh, so the first match of the night is Gustavo Aguilar versus Anthony Andrews. Not to be confused with Anthony Anderson, another former relic from the NWA of yesteryear. Anthony Andrews is billed from Sacramento, California. However, he has spent a lot of time in Warner Robins, Georgia. In fact, he worked for Rampage Pro Wrestling based out of Warner Robins, Georgia, and did some time with NWA Atlanta. Uh, both promotions were a part of the NWA before Billy Corgan purchased the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh he, as a as an active NWA wrestler, Anthony Andrews had challenged for the NWA North American Championship unsuccessfully, and uh, was part of the NWA Atlanta Tag Team Champions. So there's more on Anthony Andrews that you probably didn't know, uh, or maybe didn't need to know. But I always like to look these things out. And then the last time we saw Gustavo Aguilar, uh, he was laying down for Kenny Morton on NWA USA. So this match, uh, you know didn't spell very highly for him. Uh, I'll be honest. I didn't think this match was very good. Uh, they were trying to put up a styles clash because you had uh, Anthony Andrews, who has a striking similar look to my personal friend, Anthony Idol out here in Southern California. Uh, it was like Anthony Idol light, everything that's special about Anthony Idol, except for the personality. Um, 
I just didn't think this was a very good match. Andrew wins with a power slam. Um, you know, if they wanted, if they wanted somebody like Anthony Idol, I could have arranged that for him. It would have been a much better fit. Uh, Tim, what did you think of this one? Uh, I thought it was a four-minute match. It felt like ten. Yes. Anthony Andrews is like thirty-seven years old. He looks fifty-three. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I could care less about the whole thing. There was nothing to see here. Uh, Aguilar's a young guy. He's like three or four years in this business. He's an OVW guy. Um, I didn't see the point in spending four minutes on this. You could have put a star on this show in this place. But the saddest part of, of this match for me was Galley said, hey, don't worry, everybody. Just so you know, Velvet will be back on the commentary booth. <laughs> the right. Yeah. Uh, mm, mm. I might have shed a tear. <laughs> Real quick, I do want to say what's up to our pal, Kevin Lee Frazier, who's joined us in the chat. Uh, we know Kevin is uh, still ex expecting. Um, well, at least his wife is. But uh, appreciate you stepping in, Kev. I don't know if you know this, Kev, but we hit a 1,000 subscribers, and that's uh, based on the hard work that you did with us uh, earlier this year and, of course, the last couple of years as part of the Alliance guys. Kevin is always a member of this family. He's always welcome on this show. And anytime he's got some free time, uh, we'll have him back on. But, uh, you know, he's getting ready to be a papa. So he's going to be pretty busy very soon. Hashtag Scarneck. Yeah, Scarneck. Don't forget the Scarneck chop. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's really good to, good to see Kevin. And, yeah. Yeah, Kev, a thousand subscribers. So we're happy that you're hanging out. Maybe uh, oh, in one month. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a conversation via text with uh, with our man Kevin Lee Fraser. If you guys are unfamiliar with Kev, uh, again, he was part of the hosting uh, the Alliance Guys podcast uh, uh, up until I think what um, March of this year, February of this year, and uh, before that, uh, Kevin famously defeated Brian Danielson. It's a former world junior heavyweight championship for the National Wrestling Alliance. Had some of he was a junior heavyweight champion in a time where that title wasn't really revered the way it should have been. And he was defending the belt not only in uh, California, which is not the state that he's from, but also on the East Coast, like promotions like Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. He was a part of one or two of their events. He also uh, competed on television for NWA Mountain State and NWA Smoky Mountain. So uh, big props to our pal Kevin Lee Frazier. And uh, yeah, we miss you, buddy. All right, so that's enough of that. Now let's go back to the crappy show we all watched, or some of us watched. <laughs> uh, next up, we get uh, Rough and Ready. Now, these two guys you've seen before, but you probably don't remember because they were not very, uh, well, they weren't very good then, and they... It was this was a little bit better than the last match. I will say this: Rough and Ready versus the Il Bagata. Now, Rough and Ready is Deontay and Devin Devin Graves. Now, Devin Graves debuted Devin, back on. Is it Devin? Yeah, Devin. That probably sounds a lot better. Anyways, Devin uh, debuted back on January the twenty fifth on episode nine of Power Surge, uh, where he lost to Rodney Mack. Uh, we haven't really seen him since in the NWA. Now, this was uh, Deontay. Deontay's fourth appearance for NWA programming. Uh, he was beaten by Nick Aldis. He was beaten by Mims. He was beaten by Jay Bradley. Any guesses on how he's going to do tonight? He's going to uh, win, right? Yeah. 
but like I said, this match was a bit better. It was overshadowed by the 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 chicanery with Danny Deals and Medusa. This stuff just kind of takes away from what would have been a pretty decent match. Um, Taylor, Alex Taylor, Jeremiah Plunkett have pretty good chemistry in the ring. I like seeing them as a tag team. As a mid-card tag team is fine. Not everyone's going to be world tag team champion, but there is certainly a place for this tag team in the NWA. Um, Deontay and Graves didn't look bad as a tag team either. They did a lot of good teamwork. Um, they got in some decent offense as well. Uh, I just personally, I kind of wish Taylor would do some sort of frog splash or moonsault following Jeremiah Plunkett's spine buster because it's such a clean, crisp spine buster. Um, but the match uh, kind of goes off the rails when Deals apparently puts his hands on the. Puts his hands on what? The mute button? <laughs> yeah. Uh, she slaps the taste out of his mouth. Uh, I'm sure he was feeling like uh, Paulie dangerously right there. Uh, Deals distracts the referee. Rough and ready tosses Deals out of the ring. And then the Ilbegotten uh, get the win uh, very quickly. Like I said, I like this match a lot better than the first one. Uh, but still, um, I think on any other show, this is your opening card. Uh, uh, DK, I know Jaden didn't see it. DK, what did you think? I thought, why, why am I watching this? Where, <laughs> where has my little dog gone? Because, or where do I need to extend it so I can go chase after it? I mean, look. You know, I said this when you disappeared a little bit earlier. I go, you know, we all know these shows, episodes right before the pay-per-view all suck. They're just these, like, thrown-together messes that, you know, probably weren't even taped the same day or same time or anything like that. And they just, you know, do what they can to put something out there. And unfortunately, sometimes nothing's better, better than something. And it wasn't any good. I don't like the tag team that the uh, Obi-Gotten beat. I don't want to watch it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Tim, let's get your take on it. I'm going to try to stick to the positives. Uh, the finish, I like the finisher that it'll be like what positive? Look, I'm digging deep here. You know, uh, I like the finisher that uh, Plunkett and Taylor use. Uh, I had no idea. I do not recall Danny Deals having any problems with Malu with Medusa before this match. If she did, I was not paying attention. There, um, there's been some uh, discussion, basically, because USA had a whole deal where they they were not allowing any talent that didn't have a managerial license on the program. So, like, uh, if Tom Latimer was wrestling, then Chris Adonis would not be ringside or. You know, if Chris, if uh, Jack Stain was wrestling, Chris Silvio, who is his, his attorney, but not his manager, would not be permitted to be ringside. Uh, um, but you know, Austin Idol could because he is a manager, and Black Cheese could because he is a manager. And I think Danny Deals was not officially sanctioned as a manager for the NWA. Well, over, I mean, overall, it was it was pointless. Uh, I, you know, there was a funny little. Not really an Easter egg, but a funny little bit where Deals is 
holding up his phone to Medusa saying, Hey, I got Bo McConnell's phone number right here. You know, <laughs> me, I'm going to give her a call. Um, I, I guess for those who don't know, Bo McConnell took the WWF, I think, women's title from Alundra Blaze and lost it back to her at some point uh, earlier on. But actually, I think there was a women's promotion about five, six, seven years ago where they met again as uh, performers and Nakano attacked her. So anyway, it's uh, it was it was it was funny to see on the show. But again, we're we're I don't know what 15 minutes into the show, 20 minutes into the show at this point, we haven't seen anything. Uh, yeah, nothing worth uh, celebrating. That is for sure. And then we go back to uh, promo with Brian Myers and Kyle Davis. Uh, you know, this is basically what you expect Brian Myers to say. Now, I, I find it ironic that this is a WWE, former WWE talent, and the promo just hits flat to me anyways. It, basically, he's going to be there for his best friend and soften up Nick Aldis. I don't know. Throw whatever cliche you want to out there. Uh, this did nothing to hype me up for their match that we're going to see on Power uh, DK or, or Tim, we go with you first. What did you think about the promo? Uh, that's me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, same as you. Nothing really there. If he's going to wrestle all this, why isn't there a build? I, I guess he couldn't make it in with the rest of the Cardona family. He could have had the, you have to go through VSK. You got to go through Mike Knox. Now you got to go through Myers. I mean, there could have been something you could use there. That uh, would have been brilliant. <laughs> that would have been a much better strategy than what we got. Mm hmm. Okay. You know, it's just one of those sad things that you realize that some wrestlers can't cut promos unless somebody's written up a script. And obviously, he wasn't capable of doing stuff off the top of his head, at least not well. And yeah, I mean, it did nothing to hype me for the match. But let's be honest, NWA does very little to hype matches. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah. Next. I'm answering Kevin real quick in the chat because he said, Brian Myers? Is that Hawkins? And uh, I'm trying to explain. Yeah, they brought him in to kind of uh, be the surrogate there for uh, – you know, uh, Matt Cardona, because he wasn't going to be at the show. He was uh, already booked for Impact, or maybe it was Game Changer Wrestling. I don't know exactly where Cardona was for this, um, but, uh, you know, uh, the storyline that they're trying to loosely connect to is that, you know, the Cardona family versus the Aldis family, uh, you know, Aldis is kind of adopted. Harry Smith is a brother or cousin or something. Um, Doug Williams is his brother. Mickey James is part of it by being his wife, and then the, the Cardona family is Chelsea Green and 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 uh, Matt Cardona with their son, VSK, and uncle uh, Mike Knox and apparently brother Brian Myers. So it was just, uh, I don't know, again, this wasn't a build for it, like Tim pointed out. Uh, I mean, we all just kind of assume it's, it's you know, like this uh, uh, Shakespeare-esque tragedy where you have two families uh, feuding with each other, but there is no real, like, no real payoff and no real reason why it, it, it's built the way it has. But uh, I digress. Uh, then we get Gags versus Dumas. And I'm going to be quite honest, guys. I just didn't even watch this match. I had no desire to see it. Um, I, I didn't watch it. 
Dumas was good on the mic earlier, but uh, you know, I did see the finish by watching Power. I just uh, no, didn't care. Tim, did you care? I suffered through this for you, Jay. I want to. <laughs> um, Sorry to betray you. There, <laughs> there is uh, uh, so much nonsense in this. This, this is. I mean, there was there was the bit with the um, the card trick inside the mask and the cutting of the tongue and you know missing the chair shot and oh my hands hurt from the ringing chair like it's you know and like like I like the guy behind the gags mask let's just say that I like him as a wrestler I, I do I used uh, to yeah <laughs> you know and there's this thing went, I don't know, seven, eight minutes, something like that. Uh, I think I think about seven minutes. And I don't get why you put the effort. Okay, first of all, I don't get why you put effort into Magic uh, Jake. But if you're putting it into him, why do you now, three, four weeks down the road after you've been putting him on t TV, have him lose to, to gags? I, I, and why was this a no DQ match? Because the, the reason they went with this is because Gags cost Jax Dane and uh, uh, Jake Dumas the victory, uh, the, the tag team match that they had a few weeks before. Yeah, sorry. Okay. That's an awful lot of long words and word salad just to say bad booking. Hey, you're 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 preaching to the choir, man. Like, uh, don't get me wrong, I I keep up with what they're doing, why they're doing, but I don't ever try to defend it. I don't think on a show where you have Jack's freaking Dane there, literally taping for Power Trip was a was a one night event, and they taped several hours of television from it. You know what? Just put Jack's Dane in a match every episode, and we're all happy. Jack's Dane is good. Gags Gimp, not good. Jack, Jake Dumas, not good. Give me the wrestlers I want to watch and give it to me on a consistent basis and let me enjoy the good stuff and quit shoving the crap down my throat. Now, now here's a question for you, serious question. If we can be serious about anything to do with this crap show. <clears throat> but we all know how all of us feel about uh, uh, Mr. Gimp. So the question is, he's been winning some during the set of tapings. Why couldn't the guy under the mask be put <clears throat> be put in the spot without the ridiculous gimmick? Well, I think you know why. You you know why. I mean, I do, but I mean. You know, I know why, but no, why? <laughs> Seriously, why? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, look. Uh, if you guys don't mind, I'll I'll, I'll say my piece on it. Uh, Billy, despite his uh, euphoric feelings for the old Chicago uh, wrestling that he grew up with, and despite saying that he's an old school wrestling fan is going into a big bag of shit gimmicks for his wrestlers. 
It's been happening since the debut of Power when we got uh, the question mark. And let's be honest, the question mark was very much a Dusty Rhodes thing where the person underneath that gimmick did the best they could with it. It got over, but not because of the gimmick, but because of the person portraying the gimmick. And I know, I know, Jaden, you didn't like it. I know DCAM didn't like it. But there were a number of people out there who did enjoy it. And unfortunately, they're still doing stuff like this. I mean, Scion's got a mask on. They're trying to get over that he's, uh, you know, Austin Idol's kid. That's a shit gimmick. Why don't you just let him go out there and wrestle? Same thing with, with the person who is now portraying Gags the Gimp. Um, you know, that person uh, is a pretty decent wrestler. Um, and I'd r- much rather see him in a match than, um, you know, some of the other things that we're seeing. So I don't know. Like, I, I can't really tell you, uh, give you a great answer. It's just uh, our pal Billy Corgan likes the shit gimmicks. And we're just seeing these more and more. I actually don't know who's under the mask. Who is it? Um, I'll message you offline. Are we really protecting kayfabe on gags? I'm protecting kayfabe all the time, dude. I don't know why, but I am. We're we're not protecting the kayfabe. We're protecting the poor guy under the mask. Well, let and, him die. I mean, we don't see it anymore. But but let, but, but, let me, him. but let me say this: knowing the person that's under the mask, I'm not convinced he didn't come up with a gimmick. Well, you're not wrong there. We ran Jaden off. Yeah, well, he was about to uh, let all my dirty secrets out, so I had to cut him off. I, I assume that the reason that they have the gimmick right now is that so that they can build the the sympathy down the road for his plight in the uh, miserably faithful, which I swear to God. Um, they were they were calling themselves the miserably faithful recently, like they changed the word and that was uh, that was the sinister minister was doing that. Like, I, do you know the name of your own group? He probably doesn't. He's like, who am I managing now? Okay, uh, and and so that they can unmask him and and you know save him from his. That's all the only thing I can assume. That you're giving them way too much credit for thinking. <laughs> that that could be. I'm I'm still I'm still young and naive. <laughs> well, okay, I'm I'm naive anyway. <laughs> I'm I'm old and bitter. So, <laughs> so our pal uh, Jody kind of uh, let the bills uh, let let the uh, spill the beans, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, we're not going to talk too much about it. You guys just saw who it is. Uh, I I I prefer the other portrayal of the character that he was prior to. I think they could still have done some fun things with that character, um, even if he was a, a lovable loser. Uh, that person I think could have done more uh, in that role than than what they've given him now. But you know they're going to find a way to try to flip it, and at some point he'll be a babyface because the fans are getting into it, and uh, it's it's he's not laser because they're perverts. Yeah, well. Are the fans getting into it? They were in Knoxville. Yeah. You got to be be careful with live audiences that see something in long sets of taping. So I kind of felt it was that way with even with the question mark. Look, you know, if, if you're just watching this show and you're not there live, 
is Gag really something that anybody is getting into? Or is it just you're delirious after 28 hours of wrestling? Yeah, that's it. I blame Pot. <laughs> pot never did this. This isn't Pot. This is oh, like somebody's, somebody's smoking something really strong if it ain't Pot to come up with this stupid gimmick. All I right. blame meth. <laughs> this is, I don't want this to turn into an episode of Reefer Madness, so let's move on. Um, so that's that's it for USA. Let's move on to Power, which we start off Power with Tyrus. And again, we talk about the weird dichotomy of these very long tapings. The crowd is cheering for Tyrus. What are you doing, guys? You're literally like giving him a chance to get cheered instead of, I don't know, having him cut a heel promo right off the bat. They're talking about his book signing, and the fans are going nuts for freaking Tyrus. Somebody uh, call your mama. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, well, he's being he, told. Go ahead. You know, being a mid-America, you know, the area we're in and beliefs Look, and stuff like that. But, but, but even if you're belie- like beliefs aside, like this is pro wrestling. This isn't this isn't uh, Fox News. Like he yeah, is but, a bad guy. He's a cheater. He's supposed to be booed. Yeah, but you see, we don't we don't believe that anymore. The world because you know we got the Twitter and we watch the people who just put on you know one of the bloodiest fights in the entire world and two of them, and then they're standing next to each other going, oh, such a great match. I want to thank my opponent. Especially in the women's. Yeah. And, you no, know, I... not, not, not to be sexist, but the women love to post about the great match they had with the person they hate and how much they love them. Uh, you know, that's why we like the fact that Charlotte and Becky really hate each other because, you know, if they really do, I don't know. D- but DK is not sexist. He's misogynistic. Well, you shouldn't be doing that in public. That's uh that's a PB Herman thing. <laughs> All right. Uh so Ooh. let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Uh so uh they do try to get uh, Tyrus some heel heat by bringing out a little boy who wanted an autographed copy of the book. Tyrus tells him it's a thousand dollars. The boy looks at him like I ain't got no money. I'm in Oak Grove, Kentucky. I don't have $1,000. Uh, so then they kick the kid out, and the manster continues on that the uh, the slam that Mims did was not a real body slam. It was more of a side thing, so it doesn't count. He's going to do another body slam challenge tonight, and if he gets slammed tonight, he's going to give the title to the person who slams him. He starts saying that it's the son of Andre the Giant or a distant relative of Andre the Giant. It was some real just goofiness. Uh, which is what you could expect with Tyrus. Uh, I'll be honest, I'd much rather have that dude back in the booth than anywhere near the ring. Uh, you know, Tim, what did you think about the promo? Uh, I say this as a Canadian who loves America. My sister's an American. Is there $1,000 in Oak Grove, Kentucky? Um, <laughs> the uh, Depends what trailer park. Yeah, it, it was funny, I guess, if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, I've had enough. Please lose the strap and go to the commentary booth because you're good at that. Yeah. D- DK, your thoughts? Tim stole them. Oh. <laughs> well, there's, nothing, 
but he stole them. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with us agreeing. Um, next up, and, and this would kind of surprise me, is we uh, the first match on the card is Brian Myers versus Aldis. Now, I thought for sure that this would be the main event, considering the implications of Aldis being the number one contender for the 10 pounds of gold, fighting the best friend of the world's heavyweight champion. Um, and it didn't kick off, or it, it kicked off. It, it kicked off the show. But <sighs> Brian Myers is a professional. In fact, his name is a very professional Brian Myers or something like that. Uh, Nick Aldis is a five-tool athlete. I've said this since day one of the show. I very much enjoy Nick Aldis in the ring. I've seen Brian Myers wrestle a couple of times. I, I never thought he was a bad wrestler. This match, however, had zero chemistry, had zero uh, excitement for me. It was very flat. Um, I wasn't entertained. I wasn't thrilled. I mean, even Tyrus got a bigger pop than the finish of this match. And uh, I don't know. Aldis got the victory with the Kingsland Cloverleaf. You would think there would be some bigger build because this is a Cardona versus Aldis. Uh, DKM, what did you think about this? I thought that basically they wasted the match. I mean, I, I don't know. It didn't seem important. They didn't wrestle like it was important. And we knew who was going to win. We knew how they were going to win, and it happened. I, I think back to an episode of the Big Bang Theory where uh, Andy Farrell goes, hey, do you guys want to watch that show or some, where a couple wants to buy a house and then they do? <laughs> and it was kind of like, hey, do you guys want to watch a match where Nick Aldis beats uh, you know, Hawkins or whatever you want to call him? And he does. Why is Brian Myers Whoa, Avalanche Why is Brian Myers in the opening match I thought he was a major superstar See what I did there Yeah I I don't know You know what Wow Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain (laughs) That was a big fall for my camera Wow Unfortunately, yeah, the, the you know, zoom out a little more. <laughs> zoom. There, there was a commercial spot in the middle of this match, which I went, what, like, what, what, what? This is the you're having a commercial spot in the middle of like the way this is taped. You're putting, and by the way, a commercial spot for Nick Aldis's uh, supplement brand. So that's. Interesting. The same commercials they have all the time, the same three or four. I, I thought that was really odd. You know, Jaden, maybe maybe you have an opinion on this. There was a there was a nope spot in this where Myers comes off the the second or the top rope with a drop kick and and all this just kind of walks away like Samoa Joe used to do. That's where I remember it from anyway, back in Impact. It was fun when Joe did it. It was fun when Joe did it. I don't think like all this is that guy. Like all this to me should be, should be as close to a modern day uh, Ric Flair representation as you can get. And I, I don't get his music. I don't get the nope spot. 
is that something that you know as someone who's close to this stuff that you like to see in the ring one athlete due to another or is it something that should be reserved for a certain type of of, of talent it should very much be reserved for a certain type of talent and it should not be done at least initially should not be done by a baby face it needs to be done by a heel over and over and over again now that heel may eventually become a baby face and bring it back as a callback that's one thing um i don't know if all this is a heel or a baby face uh, the little bit i've been watching of him he's very talented in the ring but he's a He's a heel. He's, I guess, he's a baby face in name only, and he doesn't wrestle like one, and he doesn't sell like one, and he just. I think it's what it is. It's just what Aldis is trying to do to get himself over. Hmm. I would, uh, I would argue that uh, he is still a heel. He never really changed, um, and I feel like he's very smug in that. You know, he he earned respect or Trevor Murdoch had earned his respect. And that's why he bowed out and said, okay, I'm going to focus on something else. And the minute that Trevor Murdoch was out of the picture, whether it was maybe Aldis didn't think he could beat him or maybe Aldis just, Hey, you know, here's your flower. Here's your moment. I'll step away. The minute that Murdoch was out of the picture, Aldis was right there. And he was there with a specific reason to challenge for that world title. That's not what a baby face does. And he went in there expecting that title match because of the rematch clause. He didn't go out there and earn it. And then when he lost that match and Billy told him to go earn it, he beat a bunch of jabronis, a bunch of jabrones. He didn't earn that title match. He's, as far as I'm concerned, this is like more of that, uh, uh, you know, Billy Corgan conspiracy stuff. I know they try to play it up on the TV, but like, you know, you're, you're picking, you're hand picking these guys. They've, they, they've said it on television, it is canon, that the number one contender is your national champion. Jax Dane should be getting this match. should be Jax Dane and, and, and Matt Cardona, not Nick Aldis, not, you know, not, uh, or, or Trevor Murdoch, who didn't get his rematch yet. He still is owed a rematch. So. Hell, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Cody Rhodes never got a rematch. Yeah. Um, he, he's a little purple at the moment, so he might not be available. Yeah, he was trying to go Thanos, I heard. <laughs> he's trying to Good go world. Triple H. Um, okay, so then the next match uh, we go to is uh, the Slam Challenge. Now, this was, uh, this was a, of course, a farce. This was a joke. Um, initially, I thought the guy coming out to the ring was Enzo Amore. So I was kind of excited for half so a second. I. I'm glad you said that because so did I. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, they got Enzo. Okay, let's see what happens. Because, you know, look, whether you like that guy or not, that dude at least could cut a promo, and he could probably get some asses in the seats. Um, Casey Rocks is not that guy. Um, this, cl this clown had no shot at slamming tires. It just wasn't going to happen. Um and so he he efforts to body slam him once or twice, and then just starts trying to fight Tyrus, which was a losing effort anyway, because this guy's all of about 112 pounds. Uh, right as Tyrus is about to go Yokozuna on the poor kid, out comes Mims. Mims is taking it to Tyrus. This is like a, a prelude to their match uh, this Saturday. Uh, you know, uh, very much could be some foreshadowing. Shoulder tackle from Mims knocks Tyrus down. That's the biggest bump Tyrus has taken 
since he's been in the NWA. Um, he's got Tyrus in the corner. He's giving him the you know the ten count of shots. Uh, he he's he looks great here. Mims looks like he's actually gonna just uh, you know walk in on Saturday and win this TV title until uh, you know he hesitates on trying to body slam um, uh, big uh, Tyrus and then Tyrus does some sort of arm bar uh, face plant like a DDT almost, which was a smart move because if it's a, all about the body slam. He's not going to be able to slam him with an injured arm. Then, to much of our surprise, you've got the masked mystery man, Scion, running out to the ring. And it looks like he's about to help Mims until he turns his back on Mims and starts attacking him, uh, thus joining Austin Idol's uh, Idol Mania. The announcers call it, you know, they've never officially accepted that he was Austin Idol's son until this moment. I hadn't seen anything until this moment. Uh, so, the, you know, the, the, Prodigal Son has returned. Uh, Idol Mania is now greater than it's ever been. And uh, what are we going to do now? Not care. This is a a little off subject, but I was watching on YouTube a promotion called USA Championship Wrestling. Now it's well past the continental version. This was just was a promotion in Alabama. And the promoter was Austin Idol. He was the one doing everything. And after watching what Austin Idol does with his own when he's in charge and at his own discretion and what he's the editor and everything of, he's very much like he is now and, and that's horrible. So while I know Lawler made a ton against Austin Idol and I know Continental, he was one of the big stars at Continental, and even though he spent some time in Georgia, was a big star in Georgia. Man, he shouldn't be allowed to decide what he's going to do with his own career or his own interview or his own promo. This is horrible. Agreed. Uh, anything you want to add to this, uh, Mr. DKM? I didn't care before. I didn't care during. I didn't care after. Can I never see Silent Idol again, please? I'm begging you, Billy. <laughs> Just real quick, I'm going through some of the comments. Uh, let me get to them. Tim, go ahead and, and tell us your thoughts on this, and then I'll get to the comments. I assume you're talking about uh, Tyra Slam Challenge still? Yeah, and the Scion yeah. Swerve. My Yeah, I don't care. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite part of that was, um, you know, Tyra's got Casey rocks down in the corner he's climbing up the to the the first rope the second rope here comes Mims sort of you know <laughs> I'm just in the entranceway checking everything out I'll I'll be there in a minute and 150 <laughs> pounds of Casey rocks is about to die right <laughs> he's not saving him he's just kind of yeah I'll be here if they don't put I'll just say this if they don't put the TV title on Mims uh, Mims is over, and I think we've probably said that here before. This this will he'll be a done experiment. It's got to be now, right? It has to. Yeah. Well, Please? they have to get the title off Tyrus. I mean, if or just declare him the forever champion, and you know, retire the belt and put him in the commentary booth. But this idea of him as being a champion is just been horrible. Well, they, they, 
absolutely they painted, they painted themselves in this corner because the match is definitely going to happen. If Tyrus goes over, he's your number one contender. He surrenders the TV title, and he has a shot at the 10 pounds of gold. If he loses, then Mims takes the title. Either way, the television title comes off of Tyrus at this pay-per-view because he's either going to go on and challenge for the world title. He doesn't have to do He stated say, that before. Don't say that, DK. I'm sorry, but those are his words. He doesn't have to give it up. You just have the opportunity. Which, by the way, was a stupid way of doing that too. But that—that that was my understanding too. You get a shot. I didn't know you had to give the TV belt up. Yeah, it was a—you surrender the—you abdicate the championship to get an opportunity. Um. Anyways, hey, some of the comments. Do you know where that came from? No. It's stolen from <gasps> TNA, where they started doing a thing where the. X division champion could vacate the title and challenge for the world title after at a certain event, you know, Ultimate X or something like that. It, yeah. was like once a, it was only like once a year, but that's concept. And this goes to what you're talking about earlier is that in many ways, Billy goes, Oh, you know, I grew up on the old school wrestling, but Billy books in modern day ways, in modern well, day things. He still does well, a lot of. He steals a lot of stuff from TNA. This idea of the big matches opening the show—that's where this, you got everything this, going this, down. This particular uh, TV title—it's an akin to the Beat the Champ series that they used to have in Chicago. I mean, that's—he even called it that when, uh, when, when, uh, when I was at the Crockett Cup 2019, they did the Q and A, and he was talking about his infinity for the beat the champ title that they had in Chicago and that the winner of that title, and they did this in Smoky Mountain too, the winner of the TV title would would uh, be forced to vacate the championship and challenge for the heavyweight title, the world title, um, or in Croc or in a Cornette's promotion, they would get like a check for $10,000 or something like that. Right. And then the title would, you would start all over with it. Uh, you know, of course, Billy's going to put his own spin on it. And it, of course it's going to have an impact flavor uh, but I mean, he, he he didn't just steal it from them. He stole it from Cornette and the sh old Chicago days. Well, I but, mean, uh, some, of them, some of them did give up titles, but the idea of you had to give a title up because again, you don't have to give the title up. So, yeah. so I mean, that's that's the whole thing. Just like in TNA, they don't have to give up the X Division type championship; they can keep it. They just don't challenge. And the oddest thing about it is that you can challenge for the world title at any other point during the year if you can make yourself a contender, but not have to give the title up. But yeah, it's just ridiculous. World class, world class is the one thing they did the best. Well, let me uh, let me get through the um, comments real quick, and then we're going to get back to the rest of this match, and then we'll do our our pay per view preview. Um, uh, let's see. Um, Rosville said the oldest pop was a thud. I didn't feel like he got much of an ovation. Um, James H. Jackson said, I was shocked at the outcome of the match, and I'm sure that's uh, some sarcasm there. Um, Dave Scooby says, Aldis is no babyface. He's just too snarky. Yeah, he's never been the, uh, you know, Tommy Wildfire Rich, you know, kissing girls on the ringside. Uh, just that's not him. It never will be. Yeah, the wife uh, probably looked like that. Well, I mean... <laughs> Matt Cardona provides uh, James H. Jackson says Matt Cardona provides injury update, uh, says he could be out for five months. 
So, I mean, we're pretty sure we're not having a world title match, at least not what was booked. We'll see what they are able to work out. Uh, but, you know, we'll talk more about that uh, as we get to the card. Uh, Rosville says, the NWA is lucky my old lady didn't cancel the subscription like I told her to. <laughs> Uh, Rosville also says, I thought it was Enzo too. I mean, he, I literally thought, holy crap, the NWA got Enzo. And I know Luthez doesn't think he's much of a draw, but you know, he, the guy could talk people into wrestling. I've, I've heard his commentary or not commentary, I've heard his interviews. Um, and he always was kind of a promo guy. He was more of a promo guy than an entering guy. That's for sure. Luthez reminds us that James Ellsworth was the challenger. They get 2 million views against Nick Aldis on a live uh, NWA stream in the early days pre-power. I'll never forget that. Really oh, it, was, it wasn't a live stream. It was, oh. it was part of Hollywood. Yeah, I was and, there. And it came up after they showed it. Over time... It got up to just over a million. No, it was closer so, to two. Probably by the time they finally pulled it. But then, okay. of course, you know, that was one of those things where everybody said, oh, but look how many people are seeing that. And I go, oh, yeah, look what they're seeing. <laughs> <laughs> not all publicity is good. And then <laughs> I don't, I don't care what they tell you. Not all publicity is good. And, uh, yeah, that's Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> yeah. How about so, Amber Heard? How's her publicity going? Oh, okay, great. moving on. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna get real uncomfortable real quick with Jane. Um, Rosville says uh, that bump looked like it hurt, and I think that was the bump. It, you know, I will give Tyrus credit. He took that bump for Mims, and that's the first time I've seen him take a bump like that since he's been in the NWA. And I mean, he's been in the ring with guys like uh, Rodney Max and, and uh, he's been in the ring with uh, J.R. Kratos. And that's the first time I've seen him really take a big bump in that fashion. Uh, Luthez says, would Enzo draw? And, and I think this situation is maybe, obviously he's not an NWA guy. He, you don't think of the NWA and think of Enzo Amore, but what you do think of Enzo is a guy who's a fast talker, a wheeler, a dealer, you know, he could probably talk himself into a match with the NWA. And uh, depending on where it's at, I could see that being a draw. I mean, Tim, you tell me, would you – do you have any desire to see Enzo in the NWA? You're muted, Tim. Yeah, uh, no. No. <laughs> um, no, not really. Isn't he the soft W or S-A-W-F yeah. guy? Yeah. It's fun on the mic, but uh, not much to look at and no interest in seeing him wrestle. I recently saw him in MLW and he has gotten a lot bigger in terms of size. I don't, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be any better, but he, he is bigger in terms of size. What about you, Jay? <laughs> I can make money with him. Well, I know you could, especially in Jersey. Dr. Zaconium could really make money. Well, if he listens to me, he can make money with him too. Uh, you know what? He has something special, and you can't teach that. <laughs> uh, he has something special, and if you knew what you were doing and you knew how to market it, knew how to work it, you can make money with it. Whether the, unfortunately, either you're said in the NWA, so no, he's not going to be a draw in the NWA. That's fair. Um, our pal 
James says Cardona was at tonight's GCW event, and during the event, Cardona headed to the ring in a wheelchair and stated that his injury could keep him out of action for three to five months. If it's three months and we're all wishful thinking, I mean, that means he could probably be here for the 74th anniversary show, but that's not even for certain. And we don't know what the NWA has in store. We don't know when that next uh, big pay-per-view is going to be. One could assume it would be three months from now, which would be what, September, uh, August. Yeah. And with the way the NWA goes, we won't know the main event till the week before. <laughs> that's true. Uh Dave Scooby says maybe have Mims win and then they can have Sion go after the belt for Idol. That I think is probably where they're heading, which is kind of silly because just even like a couple weeks ago, Sion was out there like, oh, the national title means so much to me. The booking is awful. Uh, Wrestling with the MMA says Tyrus is a champion many times over at Sully's. All you can eat international buffet and karaoke. And wrestling? Nope. Not a champion. Love it, wrestling with MMA. That's Jeremy, our pal Jeremy. Love it. And then uh, Willie Bowen always has the punctuation on uh, Tyrus jokes. The only thing that can hurt Tyrus is a bulletproof barricade around a restaurant or buffet. So there it is. Uh, I I like the Tyrus jokes. um, But I I think he would be a lot better for the NWA if they did put him in the booth. Now, with that being said, let's get to the main event of uh, of Power Trip 2, night number, what, three? Um, the season finale, episode uh, 11 of season eight. Misa Kate teaming up, teaming up with Kylan King to take on Camille versus Kenzie Page. Now, this is another one of those weird dichotomies because uh, Misa Kate is definitely a heel. There's no qualms about it. Killian King up until this match had been very much represented as a face. Uh, Camille is a heel who's been wrestling face as of late. And even Kenzie Page is kind of like a baby face who only wrestles heel when she's teaming with Elena Envy. So weird dichotomy here. This was actually a fun match, but uh, let's let's you know call it what it was. It was an opportunity to put Killian King in the ring with Camille without any real... Uh, circumstances happening um i'll be honest i didn't finish this match because i was uh, a little busy today but uh uh i'm gonna defer to dkm and ask you know what did you think of this match what did you think of the outcome i really didn't think much of the match but the one thing that did get me is glee's king is probably one of the few people that's bigger than camille and standing next to her you know in a way that makes you go "Hmm, maybe (laughs) Tim, yeah, I I guess the build isn't isn't enough for me to buy it, I guess. But uh, sticking on the positives, like I've been trying to do for these last two shows, uh, this was Kenzie Page for me. Like you know, she she looked like the closest thing to a superstar that Kenzie Page Page has looked. She looks sleek, she looks toned up, uh, she looks like she's really got everything pulled together there was a terrible spot where she crumpled on the top like onto the top rope and uh in a, in a hot shot kind of maneuver it just landed bad but i was like oh she she hurt herself there or what but I, I i just looked at it like i thought she was the star of this match and 
despite the fact that I have seen her a lot in the NWA, this match kind of made me change my mind in the sense that I wanted to see more of her. DKM's like, what? I I will grant you that this is the best I've seen her look. And I wouldn't mind seeing more of her. But again, the NWA doesn't have a deep women's division and for some reason don't like to bring in uh, enhancement talent talent to these things that you could put somebody like her in the ring with, you know, where you could alternate between some, you know, top veteran talent and some uh, local or independent talent to help get her over. And so, you know, they don't know how to build. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I'm not saying she's she gave a five-star Meltzer performance here. I'm she was the she looked like the best talent in on this uh, you know on this show. She looked like she'd come so far in such a short period of time. Uh, again, just trying to pick the positive. Uh, I didn't think that I would be a Kenzie Page fan two months ago. She very much to me embodies the same thing that I see in Mims, which is the future. Um, I don't know where the NWA will be a year from now or two years from now or five years from now, but I feel like if they're on the current trajectory, somebody like Kenzie Page, somebody like Mims could be that next next champion, could be somebody like – I don't know if Mims will ever hold the 10 pounds of gold, but I could see Kenzie Page holding the Burke – I mean, I don't think she's going to be the one to beat Camille to do it. But when you watch Kenzie Page, she's a student of Ricky Morton who's been out there putting in work, and she comes into the NWA. I'm not going to say she's in bad shape, but she's definitely got in a more toned shape. Every time she's gotten out there, I feel like she's improved. She's had several matches with Camille where, like, look, and she was outclassed. But – to to Tim's point, what I did see from her when she was standing toe-to-toe with Killian King is that she didn't back down. And and I'm not saying that's going to make her the next world's champion. I'm not going to say she's the star of the show, but she certainly looks way better than she did a year ago when I first saw her debut in the NWA. And I thought, wow, she doesn't belong here. So she certainly belongs in the NWA to this day. And when we talk about they do have a problem building stars – Maybe they need to pull the trigger with Kenzie Page a little bit quicker. Maybe they need to pull the page, uh, the, the pull the trigger with Mims this weekend. But um, I mean, both of them are title matches, significant title matches, and I think they are the bridge to what we'll see what the NWA looks like in five or six years from now. The problem is right now, if they really are that talented and they really have that much future, we'll soon be hearing them signed by Impact or sent to AEW Dark very soon. That's yeah. what unfortunately is going to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kenzie Page has already done some dark matches for both Impact and AEW. So. Yeah, I mean, I think the Mills at least has the potential here for on the if he. If they're smart enough to put the team title on 
if they're far enough to put the TV tunnel on it, I think that you, you know, you have that chance to build him over time. And, you know, that's the start. They don't have that in the women's division, unfortunately. And partly because it's not deep enough. I mean, they already created the tag team titles that, much like WWE, they didn't have any plans outside of creating them. And they were just lucky that they chose to put them on the X, who are out wrestling across the world as a women's tag team, having won and lost other championships and been to the UK and defended their titles in different places that the NWA will never recognize because they don't. And, you know, Billy has said he's thought about a women's television title. Well, you need, you need 10 more women wrestlers plus the enhancements, you know, to do something like that. And Real quick, edit. He doesn't mean those enhancements. <laughs> no, no, I don't mean those enhancements. Although I don't object to them. I'm a feminist. And, uh, <laughs> All right. No wonder he's massaging his neck. <laughs> can we can we move on? Hey, you're the one that invited Jaden. I love Jaden. Um, so uh, this Saturday, always ready. Uh, I know um, uh, our pal Chris Drummond was hoping that we would do. Well, there went Jay again. <laughs> what was he hoping we would do? Freezing time. Uh, he wanted us to do like a live stream. And, uh, you know, talk about the show as we watched it. Does that mean we have to watch it? Well, it helps if you want to talk about it. But, you know, <laughs> you might be able to fake your way through it. I'm not sure. I do it on this podcast every week. <laughs> just out of curiosity, I'm almost wondering if we're going to go off anytime because Jay's dead. But anyway. I mean, it's sixty bucks for everything, Jaden. Like for the whole year, it's six sixty bucks Canadian, so it's like twelve bucks American. I mean, for, well, for, yeah, for but I can get ice cream for that. <laughs> ice cream is good. I like it. you know. Instead of ordering a pay per view, just send me the other belt that uh, whoever chooses doesn't take. Send yeah. me the other one, and it's a better a better investment in the money. Fair enough. Fair enough. So anyway, there I was minding my own business when Jay completely disappeared. So, you know, let's talk bad time, about him while he's gone. We talk bad about him while he's here. That's true. You know, the last time that Jaden and I were left to our own accord, we ruined the show. We 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 killed it for a couple of years. <laughs> I blame Fordell Walker for that one. I love the guy as the wrestler, but that wasn't our fault. That had to be one hundred percent Fordell because. Otherwise, I don't think we would be back. <laughs> he hasn't been back, so it's proof. Yeah, God didn't have mercy on our souls that day, that's for sure. Anyway. But yeah, who do you Taylor. pick? All right, who's on the pay-per-view, and who do you pick to win? <laughs> what? We, we have to know who's on the pay-per-view? <laughs> I assume the NWA told you it's the week before. That's usually when they do it, right? Well, no, they've actually been announcing shows as they go along. They've they they have been better about that recently. 
And so it is certainly possible that, you know, at some point, someday, somewhere, somehow, we will. Where's the freaking card? I got it here. So you got you got a uh, triple threat tag team match. Triple threat tag team match. Yeah, that I'm going from the bottom to the top. All right, what are you looking at? Just out of curiosity. I'm looking at uh, the card from I think I pulled it off WrestlingInc.com. Okay. Uh, AJ Kazana and a partner to be announced. Uh, versus the Fixers, that's Wrecking Ball, Ligurski, and Jay Bradley. And versus the Mortons, uh, Ricky and Carrie. Any thoughts on who the mystery partner for AJ Kazana um, might be, DK? A disappointment. I, I was joking online the other day that it's Robert Gibson. It's the swerve of the century. He's here to stab Ricky in the back. You know, if you say that loud enough, it might happen. So shut up. That's right. <laughs> Dave Scooby wrote Robert Gibson. So there you go. Um, I don't know. Is there is there someone coming in? Do we have any knowledge? I, I have no idea. I I've not heard anything, and I can't say that there's. Is I, there anybody that? I have Is there no anybody that blackballed to another promotion? Um, well, who's who trained Kazana? He, you know, he's had family somewhere. Maybe it's his dad or his uncle or his cousin. If they're local, because he's local to to this area, is he not? He is. Yeah. So if he's local, maybe maybe his dad or his or his uh, uncle is, is that what you said? Yeah. Um, Maybe they get a, a nice pop in the from in the building. I don't know. I, I won't know who he is. I didn't know who AJ was. Yeah, that's the same here. I I, I had said his name to somebody, and some may have been Jaden. Actually, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, for those wondering, Jay has lost power. Oh. And I do not just like know the NWA. How, yeah. <laughs> so, so this show may end forever or may go on forever because I don't think we have a way to end it. <laughs> That's true. We just can... like the NWA. Yeah, just like the NWA. In fact, I'm yeah. only assuming we're still on. We could be off for all I know. <laughs> oh, we're very well off. Both of you are very off. I'm, we, we I'm might... the only one that's on 24 7. We, we might be talking just to ourselves at this particular moment. I have no earthly idea. Oh, uh, I talk to you. myself all the time. It's the only chance I get to have intelligent conversation. Well, let me get to YouTube. So yeah, so okay, we're we're, we're all still working. Yeah, I can so, see that. So, so anyway, uh, you know, look, I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know that I care who's going to be. Uh, now I'm scared that it's going to be Robert Gibson. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be Robert Gibson. There's going to be Dr. Tom Pritchard. He's in Knoxville. Maybe the Mayor Kane. Uh, that could be fun. Uh, Jackson says his tag team partner will be horrible. Anthony Andrews. God, I hope not. Uh, Jay's now, now in the chat going, 
telling us that he's lost power. <laughs> we lost control of this show, so we're all we're all losing something here. <laughs> so anyway, it's all, it's all fun. Uh, <laughs> How do we end the show, Jay? <laughs> so, so what's the next match? The next you know, match like, is Natalia Markova versus Taya Valkyrie. I want to see that match. Uh, it's probably the only match on the card I want to see, and that's just because I'm a big fan of Talia uh, Valkyrie. Uh, I'm in the same boat. I, I actually like like Markova, but you know I'm certainly hoping uh, Taya wins. And I uh, posted something in in the Discord thing, which is probably the last time I was on Discord. You know of an interview she gave with Russell Talk. And she did a better job of putting the NWA over than anybody ever. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Uh, you guys need to find that interview. If you're on the discard, go look. If, I don't remember when I posted it, but it's, you know, search. And, you know, she did a real good job. She said that, you know, uh, Pablo was the one that reached out to her. So apparently uh, they have a role backstage. And, you know, she really talked it up. She really talked about wanting to go after, you know, Camille and the NWA uh, Women's Championship. And so it was a very good interview. And I highly recommend that if you haven't seen it, go to Russell Talk and search for her. Or go there on YouTube and go to Russell Talk, not Russell Talk Podcast. They have like three different channels. Okay. Or no way, excuse me, go to Russell Talk Podcast, not Russell Talk. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Their podcast is their longer shows. Russell talks like 10 minute news bites. And uh, anyway, to the point, I'm looking forward to that match. My prediction is Taya. My prediction in the three ways, I don't care. Right. Agreed. Um, I think I'd probably go Natalia for this one. I'd like to see Taya win, but I, I, I would think that Taya, Natalia's been around for a while. She's gotten some, you know, some good reception while she's been there. Either way, it's going to be a good, good, uh, good bout to watch. I agree with you guys. Uh, so what's the next match? Aaron Stevens versus Trevor Murdoch. This is uh, if. Aaron Stevens is going to leave, right? His last match ever or something like that? The swan song, yes. Um, then I would think they would put Trevor Murdoch over. But if this is the NWA. Yeah. If he's really leaving, I would say that put Murdoch over. If he's not really leaving, they should put Murdoch over. <laughs> there was some bit a few weeks ago... It, you know, just like most of the things we've been seeing in this last season, didn't really go anywhere. Where Aaron's Aaron came out. Correct me if I'm wrong. Aaron came out at the podium with Murdoch and tried to talk him out of his funk. And you know, he was one of those guys like Pope tried to do it. I'm sure I was sure that Aaron tried to do it at one point too. Um, and they didn't do anything with that. So I agree. If if Aaron's out, um. Uh, and I don't understand Aaron as a character. I hate to say the word character, but I don't understand him as a talent uh, right now. I don't understand what he's trying to do. I guess I'm just not cultured enough. Doing this now, that's, I'm cultured. Um, 
You have to watch the show to understand this one. See, that's the <laughs> uh, pretty empowered. Yeah, <laughs> Ella Envy and Kenzie Page versus the Hex, Allison Kay and Marty Bell. Uh, sounds like a match for the Hex to get a win. Yeah, I was going to say this is a rematch from the last pay per view, which Pretty Empowered has done absolutely nothing to establish that they should be challenging again. And in fact, Kenzie Page actually teamed with somebody else and had challenged for the world title, tag team title during the tapings, which would have been real fun if she had won. Because then, you know, she, she would have been a member of both the defending champion team and the challenging team at the next pay per view, all with Cody Rhodes. And, uh, yeah, the hex. I'm going to go out on the limb then and say I think it's pretty empowered this time around. No, Nobody's done anything with any women's tag team at all. Uh, so if you want to kickstart something, I mean, like we, like I was saying, Kenzie Page was looking really sharp in her last uh, match. Um. Maybe this is where you start. Maybe. NWA World Tag Team Championship match, the Commonwealth Connection, Doug Williams and Harry Smith versus La Rebellion. I like La Rebellion a lot. I kind of wish they would still be tag team champions, but the problem is who's on the horizon? So at least maybe since... Harry Smith and Doug Williams beat them in the Crockett Cup, but they didn't win the Crockett Cup. We can get them winning the tag belts and defending at least against the Briscoes for that rematch. But other than that, who would La Rebellion face if they defeat Harry Smith and Doug Williams? I don't know if there's any challengers at all on the line, except for maybe the end for the 2,911 times. DK? certainly time for them to change the titles I think uh, just to spark something in the tag team match but I don't even know who you would who the next set of challengers would be outside of like the Briscoes just because just to play off that Crockett Cup uh, you know Billy hates tag teams as we like to talk about so I'm not just really sure what you do after you after you switch the titles other than, you know, have the end lose the champion for the 488 time. Are the or, Brisco- no, maybe, maybe they'll bring back Hawks every if Luke's recovered. Time out. Okay. At the last pay-per-view, Luke Hawks got injured. They made it look like they were getting ready to build uh, PJ Hawks for this huge singles run. And then nothing happened. Or did I miss something somewhere? Nope, nothing happened. Yeah. I mean, just like they were, you know, and the tapings take place right after the, took place right after the pay-per-view. So it's not even like, well, tapings happened before. No, I mean, it, it, they were after this time. And so, uh, more proof that they don't know what the they're doing. So, okay, I I just wanted to make sure I wasn't totally losing my mind. Tim, what are your thoughts on what 
the tag team championship match the, for men. Are the Briscoes still in the picture, or have they moved on as Impact World Tag Champions now? They're not technically signed to Impact as a contracted uh, duo. Okay. They are uh, on a per appearance basis with probably some kind of championship thing where, you know, they'll, you know, you agree to lose the title with time and place of the of the company's choosing. And so under theory, they could be brought in to challenge for the title. I don't know how Impact would feel about it. But, I mean, you could simply ignore the fact that they're the Impact champions. You know, And that would be left three months away anyway. The luck could happen in three months. Right. And so... Right, and of course they could lose the titles, the Impact titles between now and then. But they certainly put them on them quickly. And, uh, yeah, so under theory it's possible they, they are they could return even while they still hold the titles. And they could certainly return if they lose them. Um, I was seeing Dave Scooby says PJ's doing stunt work for heels. He's busy filming after the uh, after the Crockett Cup. The so next day, that's interesting because that's just the way they pushed him. You know, at the pay per view. I mean, you think that no, if he wasn't going to be there for the TV tapings, that you just wouldn't do anything or say anything. But you know, you have that one singles match on the second night, and they were kind of making a big deal about it for him. Okay, sure. What's next match? Well, uh, they don't have thoughts on tag team title. Actually, I'm, I'm happy either way. I hope I, I guess I'd have to say I hope uh, La Rebellion retains. Uh, I think it's, it would be great to see uh, the Briscoes come back if that's a possibility and take another crack at it at the have that match again. Um, but I think you could probably still do a lot with it if if Williams and Smith come through. Jay just texted me about logging in somewhere. Maybe he wants me to log in as him. I'm not really sure. But uh, beyond that, NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship match, uh, PJ Hawks versus Homicide. Cool. Speaking of PJ, uh, <laughs> Homicide should be a good match. I'm pro- I mean, I'm probably looking forward to that one. It makes perfect just- sense that PJ's getting the shit match. I mean, he hasn't been seen in three months. Exactly. That's That's they Number one with a bullet. Hello, Wait. Mr. Kitty. Yeah, sorry about that. That's Hudson. No, it's okay. My cat. My cat once made an appearance one before we were on video. <laughs> um, anything in the chat? James H. Jackson Jr., two dates after the pay-per-view. I think he's talking about PJ was busy with the heel stuff. Thought he likes him too. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Homicide retains that one. Uh, should, should be a great match. Good Two, two good talents for sure. I'm going to try to log in for Jay's stuff. So the next one's uh, National Heavyweight Championship match. Chris Adonis. Versus uh, Jack Stane. 
Could be great, could be bad. Um, I'm probably going to put money more on the bad side. I don't know, though. You know what? Adonis, when he's on, he's on, and Jack Stane's really great. So, I'm, you know what? I'm changing it. It's going to be a great match, and it's a great win for Jack Stane because he beats a former national champion. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say Dane retains. I don't, you know, Donna's had been injured. I had heard he was supposed to have surgery. I don't know if any of that happened. If any of you in the chat know, please fill us in. And uh, hopefully it'll be a good match. It won't be a Styles Clash because AJ's still wrestling in WWE, so it wouldn't be good if it was a Styles Clash. And, uh, yeah, it's strange. I love Dane, but I can't say I'm actually excited about this particular match. I gotta, I gotta ask you because Jay's the same way. I never asked him. Other than the fact that Jay says he's an awesome human being, which is great, and he looks like a million dollars as a as a professional wrestler. What do you guys love about Jack Dane so much? He came well, on their podcast and put him over. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I've seen him wrestle personally several times, and I've I've been, you know, talked to them outside the outside the ring and stuff, and just uh, he's not always put correctly. I will say that, especially on the indie scenes where he should have been more of a monster, and. Uh, But just as, you know, when you like a person, you tend to, you know, enjoy going and watching their shows. All right. So yeah. it's a personal thing. You got you like him as a as a person. Well, I like him. I mean, I like him in the ring, too, when he's booked right. And he's booked right lots of times. But, you know, not, not when he's pulled off the apron and gets knocked out for 10 minutes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've enjoyed him. I've. I was there when he won the title. I drove all the way to San Antonio to go to that match. Nice. Anybody who knows me knows I hate driving more than 30 minutes. So it's a four and a half hour drive to San Antonio. He says that, but he's been driving us nuts for an hour and 53 minutes now. Not you. Look- you're already nuts. He just I can't look- argue with him. <laughs> Jax looks like a beast. He's got the NWA legacy and. It's the, you're right. It's just the way he's booked. I, I don't I don't see it right now. But I'm glad that he's awesome as a human being. You got the television championship match of Mims versus Tyrus. I got to go with Mims on that one. How about you guys? Please, Mims. I don't even know him. Mims is the word. Please just get it off Tyrus. Somebody call a booker. Yeah, Mims. It needs it needs to be. It better be. I'll cry if it's not. Next. <laughs> yep. Next. Yep. It's the the title's dead and Mims is dead. If there's no change, I I think. Um. I don't even know if we're still connected to the chat anymore. Um. NWA World Women's Championship match. Uh, Kylan or Killian, I, and I never know which way to say it. King versus Camille. 
A lot of K's. Killian King versus Camille. Uh, you know, I'm more excited to see this match now that I've seen them standing, you know, right next to each other, kind of in a face-off than I was prior. I don't see Camille dropping the title anytime soon. So... Mm, Camille. Um, I agree, and it's because I think Killing King is starting to get a name for herself, so they're striking one of the iron top before she's picked up somewhere else. So it's Camille. Smart move, is, is there any thought, I'll ask you two guys, I know you've both been involved on, on this kind of level with um, independent uh, promotions, or independent companies. Um, is there a, a, a thought where, well, if, if you're worried that you've got talent, like someone like Camille, who's going to be picked up, uh, Killian King is going to get picked. These these people are going to get picked up by someone larger sometime soon. Like Jaden was saying earlier, they're going to go to dark matches or, you know, an AEW or wherever it is they're going to end up. Is there any thought to say, well, do we do we push our um, I hate to put talent into tears, but like for the the sake of this argument, do we push our B or our, our B tier people as um, you know the ones you the fans want to see up front and and bring in the the A tier talent as special attractions because you know they're not going to stay very long. Or do you just, like you said, Jaden, do you just take that A talent every chance you get and and book it and try to build with it while you have it? I'm going to go with Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators because I have some personal knowledge with it. Right. Uh, Ray Jazz, if he's not signed somewhere soon, then people need to get out of the wrestling business. He is so damn talented and he needs to be in a big company. And same thing for Eric Martin, who's the current dog champion. Uh, very, very talented, needs to be somewhere that showcases them. Um, I know that having a championship on them elevates that championship and elevates that company. It happened with Chance Prophet when he w- was the forgotten child of the NWA before he became the dark child. And when, it, when he was dog champion, he elevated that championship and Used it to elevate himself, bring himself to the next level. Uh, Damian Wayne did the same thing, got all the way to where he should have been the world heavyweight champion until some controversy got in the way. Same thing for Dirty Money. Same thing for Breaker Morant. Breaker Morant was a veteran who's been around for a long time and is just now getting into the part where I think he's at his peak and people are noticing how talented he is. He's a like a 25 year uh, overnight sensation. So having those wrestlers as your champion really puts yourself in a your company in a major positive light so when they look back and see not only that this wrestler is their champion but he's wrestled and defended against the top challengers possible i think that's something that goes for the longevity importance and the prestige of your company same thing for challengers you're only as good as the person you beat yeah and i think what you're looking at with somebody like (laughs) <laughs> when you're looking at somebody like Camille, you're looking at somebody who uh, is under contract. 
So she's not going to mysteriously disappear. It's not going to be one of those. Can you hear me? <laughs> we can. Uh, we can now. We were hoping you were going to stay quiet, but that didn't happen. Anyway, I'm talking about it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so, you know, she's not going to just, you know, disappear and take the title and throw in uh, somebody's trash bin, Medusa. And <laughs> uh, so in that case, what you do is you push her as your top person and then you bring in two sets. You bring in uh, veterans that have name value that you can go over and make her a better wrestler. Jay's being chased by the cops, apparently. Bad boys, bad boys. What did Jay do? do? Anyway, and then you do the up-and-comers who are going to you know, probably be something someday somewhere. And, you know, let's be honest, people who follow wrestling as long as I have will remember, you know, will hear a name or watch an old show and you go, oh, I remember when they were going to be the next big thing. And they lasted about seven months <laughs> and then disappeared, never to be heard from again. And uh, yeah, that was like Goliath when you went to that David versus Goliath match, right? Everybody thought exactly. Goliath was going to be the next Goldberg. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, Greenberg, uh, you gotta watch NXT to get that. And uh, whatever I was talking about, yeah, that's you know that's what it is. You're gonna, so you, you put Camille, your contracted worker, in against you know former veterans or not, current veterans, former you know bigger names and young up and comers, and then that way you know when you get situations like the last big AEW's women's match was Thunder Rosa versus versus Serena Deeb, you go, hey, our champion beat both of them. And that means something. Right. A hundred percent. I agree, VK. VK? VKM? Yeah, there we go. I think you're a little on your voice. I am. Uh, I'm literally driving to a Starbucks so that I could get uh, a strong Wi-Fi signal, so that I could also join the conversation, but also end the podcast. So, uh, yeah, uh, real quick, the power went out in my house and won't be back on until seven thirty. So, I appreciate you guys for sticking around and, and talking to DKM and Tim and 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 even Jaden. You know, <laughs> I said a lot of funny guys. things while you were gone. You always say funny things when I'm gone. I say when you're there, too. Yeah, you know the weird thing is, is this podcast. I I would say third most taking over this podcast. We can't just give it back to Jay because he willy-nilly shows up again. Tim. I know, right? What what, what else is going to be on the card? Well, there is one more alleged match, and that's, of course, the World's Heavyweight Championship match between... Nick Aldis and Matt Cardona, which may or may not, probably may not take place. Uh, I've heard nothing positive about what could happen. Uh, I don't even hear anybody, you know, with any news and rumors about 
what might happen with the title. Do they hold it up? Do they do go the AEW interim championship route, which is very popular seemingly in the last Got year? Got the titles. Yeah. Well, how about the that All Atlantic Championship with the countries of China and Japan? And yeah, they're in the Atlantic now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all Atlantic now. Eventually, with global warming, we'll all be in the Atlantic. That's right. Well, well, the Atlantic Atlantic will be pronouncing it at some point, so it won't really matter. Okay, hey. let, let me ask something here, real hey, quick. guys. Hey, you're sort of there. So, so let me ask a question here, real quick. Is the NWA right or wrong and not just saying mm -hmm. Cardona can't make it and here's what we're going to do? Or it would be the. Or Cardona can't defend. He's going to be there, but he can't defend. So here's what we're going to do. If they had something great planned, then they would be announcing it. I don't believe they have an idea or a clue or a plan yet, or if they do, it's not going to be that great. So they're relying on speculation and people, people guessing and hoping to see something instead of what's actually going to go on. So that's my theory. Their plan, if they even have one, isn't that great. So they are pretending that they're not saying what it is for the fact the controversial fact that, ooh, I don't know what's going to happen. Tune in and see. What do you think, Jay? So I, I tend to agree. Uh, I think they're trying to run the gauntlet of ideas. How can we salvage this? How can we make this palatable to our fans? Should we strip uh, Matt Cardona? Should we let it ride and and just either crown an interim champion or just call the title match off due to a health emergency and reschedule it for the 70, 74th anniversary show? There are so many moving pieces right now. I don't think the NWA even knows what they're going to do. And I think that's this is this is where you become a victim of circumstances when you can't lock up your own talent. And they have the ability or ne necessity to work elsewhere. And I'm not saying that that injury that Matt Cardona suffered could have been ha could have happened anywhere. And if you look at the uh, at the match, if you look at the dive, it wasn't anything too crazy. It was literally just uh, he caught him wrong. Um, I don't think uh, you know. I don't blame Game Changer Wrestling. I don't blame Christian Blake. I don't blame. Matt Cardona, I, I just it's a it's a shitty set of circumstances. So the only thing that they can do is try to deliver either a title match or just call the whole thing off. Cardona can't wrestle with one arm. Uh, he's a, he's always ready, but he can't wrestle Nick Aldis with one arm. And I don't think uh, uh, Nick Aldis tying one arm behind his back would behind his back would make for compelling television. I just I think they should just scrap. Go ahead. I, I do see them doing one stupid thing, but I'll talk about that after we get Tim's opinion on this. Well, um, depending on which Billy shows up for this event, 
Uh, we did just have a Crockett Cup, and the NWA traditionally, even before, you know, the days of, well, yeah, even before the days of television, uh, had a, uh, was known for doing tournaments on a regular basis. You could do that, but the Crockett Cup just, Cup just happened. And say, like, you know, the, the winners of the tournament could meet, meet at the next NWA uh, uh, 74, is it 74? Yeah. Um, you could do that. My thought, however, is that there is a woman by the name of Velvet Sky out there who holds a championship title match in her, uh, from whatever that thing was called, the team series or something. The championship series. And if Billy comes out and says, uh, you know, Matt says, like, Matt Cardona says, I can't wrestle. Uh, and Billy says, well, then this match is over. And Velvet says, you know what? Uh, my friend, I can give this to anyone I want to. My best friend's uh, Pope. Uh, I mean, is that a, it? I, it's not a baby face thing to do, but the NWA doesn't currently believe in that sort of uh, that sort of logic. Yeah, if if uh, Matt could wrestle, I mean, really, in in reality, just kind of take a one arm beating from uh, from from Pope or anyone otherwise, you've, it's a good way to take the title off. It's a way to take the title off of them. You no, know, I'm, it, I'm, look, was that supposed I'm to be looking a death at match? It was billed as a, it could either be a death match or a cage match, and I don't think they formally announced which would it, which one it would be. And also, when I look at the match card, to, to further accentuate Tim's point, I don't see Elijah Burke on the pay-per-view. I don't see Elijah Burke have a match. So maybe the Pope does step in here. Yeah, someone was just saying, Scooby was saying, um, Bully Ray's uh, at this thing too, right? Does he get in the ring? Yeah, I mean, Bully Ray's also another option. He's he's the former uh, boyfriend to Velvet Sky, which, you know, we'll figure how that works. Sometimes us fat guys do get the hot chicks. Um, but uh, even that, it, it, again, it, it, it's a Band-Aid, but the bigger situation is your world champion is going to lose the title without being pinned. And I think that's problematic. As long as he comes back and wrestles against in the future, that at least can be rectified. DK has looked into his crystal ball and is predicting something right now. <laughs> I crystal balls. I have more than one. Uh, <laughs> I think... I think they could do something along this line, which is type of stupidity that I, I I can see happening. I can see Matt Cardona saying he doesn't care. He's going to wrestle anyway. And then and it's going to be a death match. And then Somebody like Bully Ray and Mike Knox and King Kong and Godzilla and everybody come out, beat the shit out of Aldous. Because to notice qualification, anything goes. And Cardona stands on his chest and pins him. I got one better for you, DK. Okay. He says poke him in the chest, I'm leaving. It's all a swerve, and Cardona's not hurt at all. 
I have thought about that since his wife did the score with her wrist. Think about it. Everyone, everyone is bought into it. Everyone has uh, blended that kayfabe. Like they're just assuming that he's telling the truth, but it's not unlike a Cardona to lie about an injury. Chelsea Green has done it multiple times. So if if Matt was working everybody, oh, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. Like he showed up at Game Changer Wrestling in a wheelchair. I saw him wearing a neck brace. His neck didn't get injured. It's his arm. So, I mean, if we're just putting our thinking caps on, what bigger swerve could you do than Cardona pulling off the brace and be like, yeah, I'm fine. Screw and you. He, and Earl, and well, hitting him with the brakes. And then, and I, I have thought that very thing, especially early on when we were trying to figure out whether if he was really injured or how injured or whatever. And I do not put that past being a uh, Paladin goes, mass canceled other shows. So this is a swerve. It's expensive. And I will grant you that, but I will put you in as a semi-swerve. That he may not, he may have been hurt enough to have to cancel some shows. He may be okay enough by the time you get there, especially if you do do a deathmatch type situation where other people can interfere and get into it. I am, I'm not convinced that this will, no matter what they do, I'm not convinced that this will be something satisfying. I think I think they have to be really careful here because I think you really have the potential of pissing off a lot of people. That's what good heels do, though. No, not, not I'm not talking about a, a good storyline swerve and whatever works. I'm just talking about a finger poke of doom type thing where, yeah, that didn't work. I mean, yeah, it was a heel move, but it also, you know, ratings dropped even more after that happened. Well, I'll tell you, if that is it, just on the grounds that I didn't think of that at all, all is forgiven, Matt Cardona. If, if that is the case, I was faking it the whole time. Nice job. You are my NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> Well, hey, guys, I know you kind of took over for the show while I uh, experienced a power yep. outage, so I do want to say thank you. But maybe we should wrap up the show because we are at two minutes, two hours and 14 minutes into it. Um, you, is everyone okay if we say our goodbyes now? I know Jaden has something he wants to say, uh, and then we'll get to it. Yep, sounds good. Everyone everyone, okay with that? Yeah. Well, Jaden, I think you have an event coming up on June 25th. Can you tell me a little bit about it? You mean on Saturday night, June 25th, when Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators returns with the All-American Bash, with the main event signed of new champion, Glassboro's own Eric Martin, defending against former champion Ray Jazz? Or how about to return in a tag team sense of the old school empire of Patch and Vinny the Fixer? And they'll be taking on a team called Primal Fear to crown new dog tag team champions. Or how about the WWGP Championship being on the line as Chris Steeler takes on former one half 
of the Dog Tag Team Champions. He was a two-time Dog Team Tag Team Champion and a former na- number one contender to the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators Champion. A little uh, altered version of Dark STG, and that match is going to be really, really good. Or you can see a lot of great wrestling action. There's going to be Ty Thomas returning, taking on Justin Adams, uh, the debut of Justin Adams. There's going to be some uh, really, really great professional wrestling. And then forget, Dave Dow will also be there. <laughs> so make sure you get your tickets. They're sold at the Max Fit Sports Center. Again, 240 Delcy Drive South in beautiful uptown Rostick, Glassboro, New Jersey. Hey, can I and ask you can come check it out. Can I ask you a what question? Was that sure. Does, does uh, Dave Dahl have like nude pictures of Dr. C or something? Well, how does he keep getting booked? Um, <laughs> honestly, it's because people like watching him get beat up, but he's somehow smart enough to weasel his way out of it. And that's, I think, what it is. Is I think myself and Dr. Zirconium and pretty much all wrestling the world likes to see him get his butt kicked. And unfortunately, he finds a way to weasel his way out a lot. But it's going to happen. I'm swear it's going to happen someday. I mean, technically, he really did get beat from pillar to post by Patch, but still somehow eked out that disqualification victory. But one day, somebody's going to hurt him so bad, and, and you're going to be there to see it. And you're going to be, it's going to be well worth the $20 to see Dave Dahl be beat from pillar to post and, and get his comeuppance. Before we go, uh, Tim, NWA Gold, is there anything you want to uh, share? How can people follow you on all the socials and all that good stuff? Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just look up NWA Gold. I'm all over the place. There's a website. No. Huh? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah, there's a website to, uh, just for the repository for belts. But, yeah, I'm all over the place. And uh, by the way, Tim, Mr. NWA Gold is like me. He thinks the uh, black strap is better than the red strap for the TV title. Yeah, he's entitled to be wrong. Yes, the Republican opinion, the red strap over there. Oh, Jay's gone. <laughs> Maybe he'll have We can't have a show now. <laughs> well, we're going to end this show as best we can by saying... See you at the matches, or come back and see us again sometime. Or y'all come back now, you hear? Y'all come back now, yeah, yeah. I like that one best. <laughs> or, or um, you know, we can, we can all sing "Kumbaya" together. I don't know. Hey, um, Jay, end this while you still can. Put it out of misery, please. Yeah, please. Go to lines-wrestling.com. Buy the t-shirts. Buy the shirt. All right, I'm closing it, guys. Have a good night. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you at matches. Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to <laughs> work eventually. Are we all still here?